that $37,000 will always stick with me because I dated someone who basically said, you don't make enough money for me and I cannot date you. I want to introduce someone who I have been watching grow over these past couple of years, just said therapist turned money mindset coach who is out here cultivating a community of women who want to make lasting changes with their money. Hey girl. Hi, I'm so excited. You're talking and I'm like, I've been watching you. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like how we're going. How are you? I'm good. You know, I, I said it before I'm sleepy, but I'm grateful. And so it's like, there's with every season, with anything that you're trying to do, there's going to be two sides to it. And so I think that I'm really learning more and more to find gratitude in every single season and every single step of the journey. And so my kid didn't sleep the last couple of nights and I'm like, this isn't going to last forever. I need to enjoy it while while it's here because it's going to change. And, and so I'm happy to be here. I'm super excited to chat because I think it's going to be a great conversation. Yes. Thank you. Shout out to you and having a baby. I am not there yet. And I'm just like, I love my nieces, my niece and my nephews, but I'm just like, I can send them back. I don't know how you do it. You're like super mom. I always see you with your child and he's like either in your background or you're holding him. I'm just like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Bless you. So I no, live your best life. Look, that I've been telling people: enjoy the sleep, enjoy the free time, enjoy eating by yourself, and just enjoy all of it while you can. I'm definitely <laughs> going to try. So we're going to jump right in, and I want to act as a single person. I talk about how debt-free journey is difficult; like it's not easy to do on your own. Was it easier for you to do it with a partner, or did you do most of it on your own? So the bulk. I started 2017. I became debt-free 2020. So 2017, 2018, me and my partner moved in together and got things going. So it was bulk by myself, like the beginning and, you know, really the majority. I, I paid off like the, the last bit of things um, when we were together. I will say it depends if, it depends okay. on the person. You know what I mean? Um, I think for me, it was easy to do while I was by myself just mm -hmm. because there was not, I didn't have anything else to think about. I didn't have anyone else to think. I like, I didn't have to consider anyone else in my decisions or, you know, there wasn't like, we want to go on a family vacation or whatever. It was just me, you know, nose to the ground. Yeah. When I got off work, I could just sleep. Like when I tell you, just sleep like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So I think that to me, it felt easier while I was by myself because I could be selfish. Yeah. If I ordered <gasps> out, if I needed, like, I could just be selfish in whatever way that looked like for me. Having mm -hmm. like a bonus daughter, a husband, and now yeah. a baby, I think that it, unless your whole family is on board and you have like structures in place for you to be able to have some of the same luxuries as you can when you're single. Um, you have to take other people into consideration. Like you might be tired, but your kids still want to watch Cobra Kai. Like you <laughs> might, you might be sleepy, but your partner still wants your your attention. And so, um, I think that for me, it was easier to start and do the most of it by myself. Yeah. But I will say, my husband is super supportive. So it's not like we were on the same page. So if there was something that I need to do or whatever, he's down a hundred percent. Down for it. Right. And so some people are in relationships and they're not on the same page with each other on like what they want to do or how they want to do it. And I think that yeah. can be challenging. But I think that the number one thing I can say is we just have to like not see the grass being greener on the other side. If you're mm -hmm. single, and you're like, oh, it's easier for people in relationships to pay off debt. That's your brain. If you're in yeah. a relationship. And you're like, oh, it'd be easier if I was single. It's your brain. Like, that's my brain. Oh my gosh, that's my brain. That's literally, you're talking to me right now. So let me say, um, I always say, like, oh, I feel like this journey is harder because I'm like doing it all my own. But I think you said something so profound immediately, just saying I could be selfish. And the reality was, like, on my, like, paying off $41,000 worth of debt. I needed to be selfish. I was out hustling a lot. So there was, when I really think about it, there was no true space for even me to fully have a relationship. And the one that I did have, we weren't on the same page. So it like had to, it ended, but I'm just like, maybe the grass isn't greener on the other side, especially during the journey when it's your debt. It's not like you guys accumulated the debt together. When it's your debt, it's like, this was my time to be selfish. So 
damn, that was good already. You already said it. Like I, I didn't see it that way, but I'm realizing that I probably should. Like it's, I would have had to have a whole bunch of other decisions on that other side with someone else and a partner that I did not have to make while I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mm. telling you. But that's good. All perspective. You know what I mean? Yes. So how do you, what tips would you give someone? Cause I know you just, you literally just said sometimes people aren't on the same page when it comes to debt. So for couples who are together, what tips would you give them to be on the same page when it comes to a debt-free journey? You know, I think when it comes to just money and vision in general, we have to kind of back ourselves out of the activity, if that makes sense, to really see things from an aerial view. And what's really interesting is like, when the new year begins, people are like vision boards and like Mm -hmm. new year's goals and resolutions. But I feel like I don't see as often people talking about their vision as a couple, as opposed to one's individual goals and, or your vision as a family, as opposed Mm -hmm. to your specific goals or your professional goals. And so I think that as a couple, if you've decided to do life together, then you want to be creating a vision together that includes your individual goals. And you want to be revisiting that vision to continue to make connection to the things that you're doing, the activity, because it's be, do, have, right? And Mm -hmm. so- if there's a disconnect between, you know, the debt-free journey and like how they want to execute it, or if one person doesn't really care or isn't as invested as the other, I think that to me is an issue of vision. We don't, yeah. we're not aligned as far as what we see because yeah. I see it one way and you see it another way. Um, and so we're working from whatever it is that we can see in front of us <sighs> or down the line. And so you have to take a step back as a couple and make sure that you're taking the time to sit and have a conversation about what you want to see in your your lives, one, three, five years, 10, 20, whatever, what's your legacy you want it to be. Um, how it, how what you're doing now will directly either help you make progress toward that or hold you back from that. And then sometimes it's just a pacing issue. So one person wants to go really fast and the mm-hmm. other person is taking it a little slower. And so we're going to have to figure out, it's like a tandem bike. We're going to mm-hmm. have to figure out what pace makes it so that we can both like ride the bike and not be like jerking. Yeah, <laughs> we're about to fall off. <laughs> So to me, it really sounds like if if someone's not on the same page, it's an issue of vision. Are we taking the time regularly to have a conversation and then finding ways to remind ourselves throughout the journey um, about like where we're headed and what we get to do as a family and as individuals? If my partner really loves travel, well, us being able to hit this goal makes it so that we can travel more. And so it's connecting the dots for everyone involved. um, So we understand that the activity is directly Mm -hmm. going to help or hinder the vision coming into fruition. I love how like, I just, I, you're so calm. I see like the therapist in you and how it just goes. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Because the vision is so important. And in my last like real relationship, our visions did not match. And it was arguments all of the time. And I was the person to say like, okay, we're not going to work. And he just, he wanted to keep going. And I'm just like, our visions don't match. And I'm a firm believer as a woman, and I know I'm going a little off, but women and vision and letting your man lead. Like I'm a woman who, if I see my man has a great vision, I can submit to that vision, especially if it aligns with what I want to do and who I want to be. And that was a relationship where I could not do that at because we were just two totally different individuals. And it lasted a year before I had to say, we're not on the same page. I don't think we even want to be on the same page and our mindsets are totally different. So I had to like disperse, but I probably should have had that conversation a lot earlier. Right? Like, do you think it's important to have that vision conversation? Like, is is it ever too early to talk about vision and finances and money? To me? No. (laughs) (laughs) This again might be a perception thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Money and vision they dictate, not dictate, they influence mm-hmm. how we walk in the world regardless mm-hmm. of whether it's date one or date 75. Very true. So if there are, if there are, let's say, pillars of um, influencers in our lives, if we are dating, now it depends on the purpose of the dating. So I'll say mm-hmm. that, right? 
Are we dating for fun just because we are having a good time? Are we dating because we are interested in entertaining something more serious? Are we dating sole purposes to have something serious? Yeah. And so I think first, again, we have to walk ourselves back to say, well, what's the reason that I'm dating or that I'm interested in, you know what I mean? Being with someone in the first place. Because if it's just fun, then we may not have to have a conversation about vision Mm -hmm. because the goal isn't for us to intertwine our lives together. Yeah. But if the goal is potential seriousness, or I know that right now I want to find the person that I want to do life with right now, then essentially you're saying you want to intertwine, you want to braid your Mm -hmm. life with someone else's life and money and vision have to do with that. So does, so does, you know what I mean? Intimacy and values. And so it's like, we're not just talking about money and vision. We're talking about a whole bunch of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And I think each of us has to be authentic. And hopefully we're also having the conversation from a place of abundance, not from a place of scarcity. So I'm not bringing Mm -hmm. up this conversation as like, what's your credit is? (laughs) Because... I'm coming from a place that I, you know, dated somebody who was a deadbeat or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I also want the conversation to come from the right place. <laughs> yeah. you, you de- I think it's important, right? And you said it, like, making sure you're dating for the right reasons. Because every time I date, I'm very intentional on who I pick. So I never find it too early to have the money conversations because... My, and my friends always like get on me like, oh, you don't date multiple people. I'm like, I don't. I do like, a, like I got to get to know one person. It's just who I am. But I date with intentionality in mind to say that if I'm dating you, it's not just for a fun time because I'm not that type of woman. I literally probably see something with you. But understanding that sometimes it just doesn't match and like that's okay. But it's I feel personally, it's never too early to talk about money and vision. I want to know what you see for the future, what you see for the next two years, the next year. And I think those conversations, we kind of miss those because we don't want to feel like, oh, I'm bringing too much pressure probably, but I'm applying pressure from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) To each their own. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I'm with you on that. Cause I just, when, when I was dating my husband, I was Mm -hmm. in a place that like, I had been through some things. Yeah. And I was like, at this point, I'm cool with being by myself. Like I don't Mm -hmm. have to with the person. And -hmm. because of that, right, it did come from a place of abundance that I was able to just be honest and authentic about any and everything that was on my mind. And that included money. And because of that, it made our relationship closer. It made it easier for us to build intimacy, not physical intimacy, but like closeness in our relationship. Yeah. Because we could just be honest and open with each other. And if I can't have conversations with you now, how am I supposed to have certain conversations with you later? If I have an expectation or if I'm okay with doing certain things with you now, how can I, money is an intimate conversation. So if we're saying we're not going to talk about money, we're saying that we can't have intimacy in this way. So I could be intimate with you in other ways. I'm I'm willing to exchange saliva, but I'm not (sighs) willing to... Can we talk about that? Because I feel like it's so weird that we're in a space now where I can know all things sexual about you, but you don't want to share like your salary, your job, what your credit is like. And I'm just like, but you're willing to do all the things like, is this just a fun time for you then? Because you obviously don't care about anything Well, the thing is, it may also just be, it may also just be new and different for them. You know what I mean? So depending on the person, right? For some people, it is just a fun time, but it may also be that this person has never had a conversation about money like this. They never grew, if they didn't grow up talking about money or comfortable with money or comfortable with conversation at all, there might be certain things that come up for them when they talk about money that they didn't even know was there and they don't know (gasps) how to handle it. So I think that it depends too on like someone's upbringing and their, their willingness to work through something that's uncomfortable. And that's why to me, again, depending on why you're dating, it's going to be a testament to how you will be able to manage things in your relationship later on when you start dealing with discomfort in the beginning. Like, I love that because I think when, when I'm thinking back now, I can see the shame in not having on the inside, but looking like you have on the outside, especially I'm someone who grew up in the hood, like the ghetto of Brooklyn. And where I live, you see a lot of 
women and men who have like the designer things and all of the things that make them look rich. But on the inside, they have no idea how to handle money, no idea about finances. They may not even have a dollar saved. And I think it's important to understand, or if you, if you really love someone, like probably try to meet them where they are, because now that I'm in like the financial space, oh, I'm talking about money because it's, I talk about it every day. So for me, it's, it's, it's not an uncomfortable conversation, but I'm all about perspective and saying this person doesn't see it as the way I see it. And I need to be receptive to that and probably mm -hmm. like meet them in the middle. Yeah, you know, and that's why depending on the situation, it's like, what, what can we do to facilitate our relationship being a place where discomfort is okay? Where if I am ashamed, or if I don't know, like how to say certain things or what, how yeah. can we cultivate this environment in our relationship, being a place where I can come to you vulnerably or raw or uncut, you know what I mean? Uncollar. Yeah. And, and fumble my way through the conversation. Yeah. Be comfortable through the through the conversation. Um, have the discomfort. Like it takes practice when you have to talk about it. But for some people, some things don't get comfortable. Like I have been public speaking forever. Still to this mm -hmm. day, before this conversation, I was nervous. Like it yeah. ain't gone <laughs> away yet. Okay, thousands of hours later, um, it's still there. I'm, right. I'm just I'm just okay with putting myself in an environment that I know is going to stretch me, and mm -hmm. I trust that I am choosing the environments that it's okay for me to not necessarily be like perfect. And I have to be this expert and I'm, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, or what I trust that you have a podcast where I can be myself and authentic. And if yeah. I fumble on my words or if I, you know, switch up something that I say that it's not going to be the end of the world. And so yeah. I, I think that um, it's a testament of, okay, in our relationship, like how do we handle challenges and discomfort depending on why we're dating in the first place. But again, yeah. if we're willing to do certain things together and <laughs> um, we might, you know, want to consider being able to do other uncomfortable things together, but it's not for me to say. Yeah. Either it's, way. <laughs> it's an interesting topic and conversation because I've dealt with both sides of having a man who, uh, was vulnerable enough to, well, vulnerable enough to share his experiences with money with me. And the guy that I was dating for a year, like my boyfriend, um, it was a very challenging conversation all of the time. And I think you, you'll find your way in understanding when, okay, our visions seem to like they're never going to align. And that's okay. I don't think people are bad people when your vision doesn't align with them, when they feel like the relationship is not working. Like, I would rather find out early and say, like, let's end this on a great foot than to <laughs> go years down the line. And I'm like, we're still having the same argument from when we met like three, four years ago. Like, it's it's OK to to move on. And like I said, there's nothing wrong in seeing like we just don't align. But how do you feel about like when it comes to combining finances? Because let me tell you why. I'm a giver. Okay, I am a helper. I am an empath. I am very honest about that. It is a, like a fault of mine. And when I was dating, I created an account together with my boyfriend. And it was our space to say, okay, he's in debt. I'm in debt. Um, we're we're going to try to get out of the situation. And I was the person who would put most, it was our dating account, right? So I would put like most of the money in the dating account and he'd put like maybe 25% of what I was putting because he had more debt than me and I was making more than him. And I would say, okay, what you were supposed to be putting, you don't have to put because I would rather you put towards debt. Four to five months come down and on. I'm like, oh, how's the debt payments going? Oh, I've never made them. Oh, so I'm just paying for all the dates and you're not, what are you doing with the extra money that was supposed to be happening? So I kind of like chopped that off really quickly. We decided to cut off the finances, but how do you feel about combining finances? Again, I think in, it's funny because me and my husband have this conversation regularly when we talk about yeah. just relationships is that I feel like we get kind of conditioned or programmed to pick up like programmed, like pre-cut relationship mm -hmm. stuff, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think it's absolutely necessary that each constellation, each couple takes the time to figure out what's going to work best for them and has a conversation around boundaries and checks and balances, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I personally wouldn't 
combine my my like bank accounts or finances with someone until I was married because I don't know if I've ever talked about this publicly but there was a time right as a giver right there was a time where I was with somebody who had asked me for money and I would oftentimes when I was able give him money you know what I'm saying yeah and so it's like if we don't take this is why we want to talk about money while we're dating because if we don't get clear on like what the boundaries are and not boundaries mm-hmm. as far as like limitation goes, but like boundaries are a courtesy and a kindness we do for ourselves and others. So Very. if we don't have clear boundaries up front on what goes, then on the back end, it could turn into resentment when things don't turn out the way that we thought they were going to turn out, but we never talked blatantly and overtly about what our expectation was. So I think that if someone wants to, you know, combine finances, whether married or not, there still has to be a conversation about mm-hmm. what each person's expectations are, um, what each person, you know, um, is is willing to do or comfortable with or uncomfortable with, but willing to try anyway, if that makes yeah. sense. Everything isn't going to be comfortable all the time. That's life. Mm-hmm. But I think the clarity of having an outline on what things are going to look like for us in our relationship is key. And then the checks and balances come in when we say we review this weekly, monthly, annually, because people's feelings might change. Circumstances might change. And so I think that we have to consider it's when I say all this out loud, it sounds like a lot of work, but guess what? Like it got to get done. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Relationship. I'm not be honest with you. Like it's work. It, it has to get done regardless. Like if you're gonna be in it, you might as well. Yeah. You so to. I would say I don't. I can't sit here and say everyone, if they're in a relationship, needs to do fill in the blank. Everyone yeah. needs to sit down with each other to get clear on what that looks like for them and be open to understanding that it could change and be flexible to revisit those conversations over and over again as life evolves, um, so that you can adjust along the way. I love that. And I love the idea that it's not cookie cutter. And I think we think it is because I think the statistics came on not too long ago saying that, oh, 56% of people who combine their finances usually stay together longer. Well, that can be for a number of reasons, right? That can be because I can't afford to live on my own. That could be, or I have too much debt to do anything else, or I'm tied with you, or you make the most money. And I don't like there's, I saw that statistic. I was just like, can we get the full story behind this? But the idea that you have to sit down because like you said, people change, their views change. Like I'm sure you're not the same descent you were three years ago, right? Or when you first met your husband, you're probably not the same descent then. Like as we continue to learn and grow, like we're going to evolve. But I think it's important to have that consistency, like you said, of just sitting down, having the conversation, being able to be vulnerable, which I don't think a lot of people are able to do. Um, which I kind of pride myself on allowing people to just have that space, but it's, people don't always want to take the space that you give them either. Like it's difficult. Like you have to, it's checks, like checks and balances. You have to meet people where they are. But um, I combined my balances once and I, my, my check and I was like, mm, it wasn't for me. And you have, like you said, you have to just kind of see what works for you. So what, how, what's one of the most difficult things that you feel like you have to teach others as a money mindset coach? Oh, boy. One of the most <laughs> difficult things that I have to teach, it's, it's really simple, but it's mm-hmm. just that it keeps coming back, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's like redirection, constant redirection. So I love this book called Lies We Tell Ourselves, The Psychology mm-hmm. of Self-Deception. You talk and, about it all the time. I know. I got to right. read it. I'm like, it got to be on my list. <laughs> it's right here, literally. Um, and I have the audiobook because, right, everything is scarcity or abundance, love or fear. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when we're born, we're born into abundance. I think abundance is our birthright. We look yeah. at babies and how they act and how they operate in the world. They are entitled They because they see themselves as worthy. We mm-hmm. all came into the world viewing ourselves as worthy until we learned something else, until we were exposed yeah. to something else. And then that became our program. So the constant thing that I have to say and that I echo and that we talk about in my community, and I know like it comes up when I just see people asking questions and whatnot, like on the internet and things like that, is self-worth. Yeah. And so I just have to constantly remind people to remind themselves of their self-worth. 
we are we are intrinsically worthy. We are intrinsically valued. You can't get paid what you're worth because you're priceless. You literally cannot get a check cut to pay what your value is. Oh. And so net worth, and we talk about money, and we, of course, those things are a part of our experience, but they aren't our identity, and we shouldn't allow our money to make us feel valuable or not. If I have X amount of dollars in the bank account, I would hope to feel just as valuable and worth as worthy as a person as when there's, you know, extra zeros in the account. And so that is to say for us to be able to be freed up to just be and create and enjoy life and and take pressure off of, you know, everything else. Now that's easier said than done. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that's just, this is why I have to go back and and redirect the conversation and, and it's because there's these lies that we're telling ourselves, I'm not good enough. You know, no one's going to pay me what I'm worth. That's well, no one can pay you what you're worth. Yeah. Like there's all of these lies that we have to undo. And so what I'm teaching people is how to be more honest with themselves, how to use the evidence that is in their present life to be honest in their appraisal of their situation. It's not about positive thinking. It's about honest thinking. It's not about negativity. It's that you're telling lies that also hurt your feelings because it's out and, and it's imposter syndrome. Like, no, those all those things are not true because there's evidence in your reality right now that suggests that that's not the case. So I would say the hardest thing to teach people is to remember, to go back, right? To return to their true nature, which is childlike. We're all worthy. We're all valuable. Yeah. We're all, you know, capable of, of, of being whatever we want um, if we're willing to, to keep showing up. Oh, my God. Gosh, are you like talking to me personally? Because I feel like you're talking to me personally. I'm talking to me too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, yeah, I had this conversation even like literally today. I texted like a couple of my friends and I'm just like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Mm. Like, I don't feel it. And I have battled, I'm be very honest, I have battled with understanding my self-worth as well. Probably literally up until today and I still battle it even when it comes to just like money relationships, uh, just conversations like that. And I used to feel embarrassed to like tell people like, yeah, I only made $37,000 or I had like $41,000 worth of debt. It was so much shame behind it. And I say it proudly now, but I'm like, would I really still say that proudly if I was still in that situation? But I say it proudly now because I feel like I beat myself up multiple times for it without just saying, you can actually go have whatever it is you want to have, if you believe that you want to have it, like it's, and I feel like people think abundance and just say things. And I'm just like, it's, it's really more than that. Like you, you have to do the work, but that $37,000 will always stick with me because I dated someone who basically said, you don't make enough money for me and I cannot date you. I have to date this person who is making a hundred thousand dollars a year and when I tell you that has stuck with me, that probably happened five years ago, six years ago. That's a conversation where I was just like, someone really crushed my spirits and my life and my heart in a matter of minutes because of my salary without seeing how much I'm worth, not how much money I'm making, but what I am worth. And I was just like, wow. Mm. You know, boy, we're all reflection, right? We're, everything's mm-hmm. a reflection for us. And um, when someone says something like that, that's a reflection of their own whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not about yeah. good or bad or anything. There's no value put on it. It's just that's the reflection of where they are. And and like you said, their inability to see your see your value past a freaking number of yeah. like, money. Even the concept of money is weird in the first place, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that's them. That was them. And, um, yeah. and what happens because we're human and because you're an empath, you know what I mean? You feel deeper than, than typically. And is that when someone brings a reflection to us, I know I personally will then put those glasses on and then I'll leave them on as opposed to saying, wait, are these my prescription or are these someone else's prescription? Yeah. I don't need these glasses. Let me take these off and let me choose a different style. Let me choose a different, a better, when you, when they do that little thing, when you're at the eye doctor and they yeah. say one or two, okay, one, okay, two or three. And you're like, oh, okay, three. 
we need to do that for ourselves constantly. And when we're in situations in life, we need to see that that's our opportunity to do that in those situations as well. So he was bringing to you one perspective and you have the opportunity at that time, maybe it was challenging to see like, I'm gonna pick my perspective instead of his perspective. Yeah. Just say, oh my gosh. (laughs) Now, right, you're in a different place. You can say, wait, I've been using somebody else's prescription this whole time. And that's why my vision has been blurry when it comes to my self-worth. Someone listening maybe has used their upbringing or their childhood experiences, stuff that happened to them that was real and maybe painful or hurtful, but you can change and upgrade and update your glasses now. It's okay. It happened before, but now are these, is the, are these the glasses? Is this a prescription that's working for you today? Cause our eyes change too. So you yeah, go to the doctor do. one time, you go back to the doctor a couple, you come back after the pandemic, you've been on screens for a little while. Okay. Your prescription might change Yeah, <laughs> and it's okay. Switch your glasses oh out, gosh. switch your lenses out, and update it to what makes sense for you now. I love that. Like, wow. And I don't think we do that enough. Even like men or women, we just don't do that enough to say, this is not mine. Mm-hmm. We automatically take it on as if it's ours and, and internalize it. And I think I have internalized that for the past five years. And in some way, it made me be the person who was now like, I make more than you. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but I have internalized it so much that it wasn't, it wasn't my, it wasn't my vision. It wasn't my perspective. It wasn't anything that had to do with me and everything that had to do with that person and probably whatever it is they were going after or trying to achieve. But just understanding that I should have not felt the shame that I felt because of what someone else told me. And that's just how I'm, you, I'm working through life now. Yeah. And we can sit here and say it. Logically, yeah. it makes sense. But when you're in the but, experience, it's a little bit different, right? And and different. when we're in the experience, also because many of us don't grow up learning how to navigate relationships, learning mm-hmm. how to fortify ourselves, learning how to, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. make that decision um, and not pick up what someone else gives us. Yeah. That in practice, it's a little bit different. And I'm not exempt from it girl there's things that happened when i was like five that i'm you know what i mean like that i still have to say oh yeah just remember like you can choose to switch that lens it doesn't have to be that way anymore so it happened i can only speak from my experience and from what i've been able to learn on the outside but a lot of it does come from also my personal experience and how um I've had to learn how to navigate through things. And maybe the things that I that happened to me, like you said, are a part of why I became th- this version of myself now. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, okay, I can use that thing to fuel me, use the energy as fuel to do whatever I want. Yeah. But then at some point, I don't have to forever use that energy to fuel me. So I think that at some point in your life, Whoa. then you can, you can put that down and you can use something else to fuel you. And so for me, I know that it was you know, growing up in my circumstances, I, you know, pe- people tell you, you can do something. I'm the type of person you tell me I can't do it. I'm baby. Do it. <laughs> Let me show you. Watch me work. Okay. But I, I, that worked for a certain season, but then at some point it was not going to be the best thing that was going to help me get to the next level. So I'm like, well, is that the same fuel? Is that the best fuel for this season? What fuel can I use now instead of that? If there's an option, to, to keep me going and, and whatnot. And so again, it's like revisiting yourself and returning to this conversation internally um, to, to constantly update and upgrade where you're at and, and what your intention is um, so that it makes the most sense in this season, knowing that it's always constantly going to change. You're touching my soul today. <laughs> you're touching my soul because that just happened to me, right? So for the past five years, I've worked on this person said, I'm not making enough money. I got to go make more money. I got to go make more money. And then this, the same guy was like, I'm so proud of you. Like he saw all the things that I've been doing. And, I, and I'm just like, oh, mm-mm. this is not fueling me anymore. You know, what's fueling me now wanting to buy my time back. I'm no longer in it for, yeah, I'm no longer in it to say, fuck you. I, I did what you thought I couldn't do. Now I'm just like, no, I'm in it because I'm in a peaceful space where I just, I want to buy my time back. My season now is me buying my time back. My season before was probably revenge to say, so I can get to that point where I could say, fuck you. And now it's different. And I think 
understanding, like you said, what's going to fuel you? Like, it's going to change and it's going to be different. But damn, my change just happened five years later. <laughs> well, listen, I've had some cycles in my life that were like a decade. So I yeah. couldn't see the cycle until it happened a couple times. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. So it's like, for some of us, there might it might be, you know, a distance between when things happen and, and when we pick something up to when we can reevaluate or when we're ready, right? Ready, yeah. willing, and able to shift or evolve. And it's okay. Like you said that before. And I think that that line is beautiful for whatever it is. It's okay. If you're in debt right now, it's okay. Why? Because you can find a way out if you want to, and you can stay in debt if you want to, it's up to you. Like <laughs> if you, it, whatever the thing is, and it's okay. Add it to the end. <laughs> oh, I love that because I don't think, I think we don't give us, ourselves enough grace. And I always tell people like, please give yourself grace because I'm actually the type of person who, if I don't sit back and say, Selma, you have done these, this, 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 I will never give myself grace. But I think people believe that things happen so swiftly. And it's like, you haven't seen the hard fucking work Jacent has been doing for years. I have been doing for years. The favorite person that you have been following has been doing for years. It has taken time. You did not get your debt in one to two days. You're not going to get out of it in two months, maybe not even two years. Sometimes it took you three years to pay off your debt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, so, yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so grace is just important in like saying and having that. I always, I'm the, I, oh my gosh, I preach having the honest conversation with yourself about just saying, look how far I've come and I may not be where I want to be, but I know for sure I can get there. Mm. When it comes to like, you know, having paid off the debt and all that fun stuff, I think that one thing that I maybe don't say enough or maybe people don't hear me say is I made the goal, which was to become debt free. I created the timeline, which was I wanted to pay it off in three years, preferably when I thought about it, I was like, it'd be cool to be debt free by 30 and mm -hmm. be able to spend the rest of my life, you know, focusing on other things. Yeah. And then I let go of the outcome. And I think that that's where we have to focus is, yes, be audacious, be ambitious, create wild goals. And then give yourself grace. What is a grace period? A grace period is flexibility. A grace period mm -hmm. is, you know what I mean, space. And so I think that when we create the vision and then we are so strict on it that it actually creates resistance in the ability to make it come mm. into So if I didn't pay my debt off for five years, I knew, like, I knew I'm going to be out of debt I don't yeah. know when, it, when it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. So it don't happen until I'm 35, until I'm 45, until I'm 55. Like, it's going to happen. Gonna and happen. I'm okay with it. But it would be really nice if I could get mm -hmm. out sooner. And because I had the space, I could play and explore and experiment to see what was possible. And I think that's probably the difference in my approach than like maybe what people see and, and think that they have to do in order to make progress. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, that was me um, saying, oh yeah, it has to be paid off in two and a half years, two and a half years. And it actually wasn't, it was like two years and like eight, nine months. But at that two year, two, two and a half year mark, when I realized it wasn't going to happen then I really just said, but it's still going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's still going to happen. Like, I, and I think you get to the point where it's just like, I'm still doing it like 30, 35, 40, 45, as long as I'm doing something that I have probably never seen in my life. Like no one in my family has paid off a certain amount of debt or like I've never had someone say, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do, especially when it comes to money and outlining that it was never that kind of conversation. So just saying like, I'm actually doing something that I've never seen done before that is not easy it's very difficult but i don't necessarily need to always put like the the strictest timeline on it it's it's gonna happen yeah even when you say it like that it's like if you didn't grow up with any example of how to do this thing no frame of reference no you know what i mean like yeah maybe no support but now you expect yourself to be to do it perfectly does that mm. make logical sense like not at all <laughs> no i don't know about that guys like this, again like the lies we tell ourselves i'm lying yeah. to myself I'm saying like, I have to, I'm supposed to, and it's, oh gosh, I get it on one end. And then at the same time, I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. So it's like, if yeah. I'm the one that's supposed to set free my bloodline, 
<laughs> you know, like that's kind of a lot of pressure. And if you, that's if a you lot. Operate, yeah, if you operate well under pressure, I guess live your best life. But at the same time, it's like, I'm just going to do everything that I, that I can. I'm just going to do, yeah. like you said, you feel like you're not doing enough. Well, it makes sense because you're really passionate about, you know, educating people and, yeah. and making sure they're well-informed. And if you had it your way, you would want everyone to have this information. That's yeah. millions and billions of people. So yeah, if you probably, you know what I mean? Like you probably haven't gotten to everyone yet and that's yeah. okay. It, whatever, <laughs> whatever you've done up to this point is amazing, you know? And so yeah. I think that when I think about it, cause I, well, maybe it's more so of like being an entrepreneur or whatever, like mm-hmm. we have big problems we want to solve. Like there's huge, so crazy. Huge, yeah. So for me to try to go to sleep at night thinking I'm going to finish my whole to-do list and like I've solved every black woman, every woman of colors money problem in the world. Like, yeah, yeah, nah, girl, like I'm doing my part and I'm grateful yeah. that there are, you know, there are different people doing their version of this work because I'm also not for everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, so I say like, that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we're not. all we're, you're not doing enough because you're not yeah. supposed to do it all. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing enough because I'm not supposed to do it all. We're supposed to do it together. That's why we're on this podcast. That's why we uplift each other. That's why we refer each other to the people that we think will be a great fit. Because we can never do enough alone. Girl, wow, (laughs) you say things so eloquently. I'm just like, yeah, you're right. This is like a therapy session of like, it's all things wrapped in one. And I just love how I can see how you use all of your skills collectively to like educate and to one thing I find very difficult that I see on the internet is that it's hard for, for influencers or personal finance creators to kind of meet people where they are when they're not there anymore. So like I still operate and talk to women who are making $30,000, even though I'm four times my income, right? Because I know what it feels like to be there. But to operate in that kind of space, I don't think it's easy. But understanding, yeah, you, I can't. we can't do everything, but collectively together, it's what's going to make the difference. But how has helping women changed your view set? Like what have you gained by helping other women on their money mindset journey, on their debt-free journey? Like what has that done for you? Oh my goodness. It makes me emotional, but it could be like postpartum hormones. <laughs> um, it, could just, it could just be the hormones. But um, gosh, it's been life-changing. You know, I and I just, I think I just posted it last night. I would not have guessed, six years ago was when I started my, my money journey. Mm-hmm. I would not have guessed six years ago that this is where, I would be, or this is what I would be doing. If someone told me, I'd be like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. How did, how do we get there? Guys? Yeah. You Let girls? me take the steps now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I think what it has done has made me more authentic and more brave because it's not easy to show up and do this work, right? We were talking about this before we hopped yeah. on here. It's not easy to do anything. It's not easy to go to a nine to five. It's not easy to go to school. It's not easy to be a parent. It's not easy to be in a relationship. Like I think that the this idea that, you know, something is going to be easy breezy and like we're going to coast through it um, is a misconception that I've had to let go at some point. Mm-hmm. Like thinking like, okay, well, I got to get rid of this nine to five because, oh, I can't stand it. Well, I definitely, as an entrepreneur, have to do things that I don't feel like doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, I'm not going to escape discomfort yeah. or- um, or having to do things I don't like to do. But when I can remember, like, why am I doing this thing? So what's my fuel, right? Yeah. I like start like, looking at testimonials of like what people have been able to do somehow with my connection or support. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. <laughs> so um, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't do the stuff. You did it. But I guess I, I say that all the time. I'm like, I was, I was just kind of along for the ride. Yeah. You, I was supporting. Um, but I like to revisit those because I'm like, okay, this is why I have to do the uncomfortable stuff. This is why I have to stretch myself. This is why I have to show up even though I'm an introvert and like a very nervous about it. I literally have something in my hands right now that I'm like clicking and unclicking to channel my energy. Um, because I, because I, I'm a little socially awkward in person and maybe online. That's probably why people like me. Um, but 
if it were just up to me, I would still be selfish, if that makes sense. Yeah. Serving and becoming an entrepreneur, specifically women, women of color, Black women, um, has helped me to become more selfless because it's not about me and what I feel yeah. like and what I want. It's about, oh man, there's someone somewhere in the world that, because I went live today, had a breakthrough in their mindset or feels a little less alone or feels yeah. seen, heard, or understood, has read a post or listened to a podcast episode. You might be listening right now. Send us a DM because we like to hear how, what we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> Put a screenshot and share your takeaways. Like as entrepreneurs, I think that the most fulfilling things that we get to see are the fruits of our labor in someone's journey. Even though we know we're not the ones that did it, but yeah. maybe it was something that we said that unlocked something for you. Maybe it was something that, you know, you're, you're a planner, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, people have this planner that I put together and they're using it. And they're like, the most fulfilling thing is seeing the fruits of your labor in someone else's life because it is long hours and late nights and hitting your head against the wall, like, is this really helping people? Is this working? Mm. Like, do I have the right approach? Like, you, there's a lot of questioning of yourself in the process. Um, and after having a kid, I'm even more fired up about it because I'm like, for anyone who wants to have healthy relationships, for anyone who wants to raise children in whatever way yeah. possible, fostering, having the kids, surrogate, whatever, you know, um, I want women to have the freedom and flexibility. And this is what makes me emotional. Yeah. Um, to do life the way they want to do life and not wait no just stop there please that was that to do life the way you want that makes me emotional because I think I'm finally in a space saying I'm finally about to be 33 and doing life the way I want to do life I'm sorry to cut you off, but that no, was that's it. that was too good to add to any other sentence. But please continue. <laughs> no, I, and for everyone that looks different, and so that yeah. and it's okay, right? And that's okay. So okay. don't look at someone else on the internet and see their aesthetic house and see you know what or you see whatever it is. Like never compare your journey and your life to someone else's because you never know all of the ins and outs of it. And you probably don't actually want what they have anyway to some extent. Like what is your life look like in its greatest, yeah. you know, um, its greatest unfolding. And for me, it looks a certain way. And for other people, it looks different. And so I'm grateful I get to do life the way I want to. And I just want other women to be able to have the same opportunity. Oh my gosh, that was so fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel kind of the same way about bitch on budgeting is no longer about Selma. Like it's, it's, it has, grown far past me and it is now its own community and on the days that I don't feel like showing up and I do show up and people are like oh this helped me this helped me that's my fuel right now um I always tell people I'm very honest in saying I don't feel that great when I have my own milestones in life but oh if you tell me you saved your first hundred dollars ever I am hyped for you like and that's that that's that's it for me. It's building that community of women to say, yeah, I might be here, but I know that I can be somewhere else. Not just because, you know, I've seen someone do it or I've seen Jacette do it. Or I've seen so many other women do it, but that they're actually giving me practical tools and steps to say, it's, it's okay. I think that's like our thing for this conversation. It's okay where I'm at, but I know I can do better. But Bitch, I'm budgeting is no longer, it's not even my, it's just, it's far outgrown me. And I know just sent gems has far outgrown just you. It's your community is huge. The way you pour into people um, in such a transparent and like selfless, like you said, like a selfless way is refreshing because I see your testimonies all the time. And I'm like, if I can feel the message through and I don't even know these people, I know she can feel it because she has connected with these people and these women. And just to say like, we were just kind of along the ride for your journey. We might've given you that little motivation, that little tip or two that might've helped. But I always tell people, it was you. We, I was, I was kind of just on the ride saying, oh no, maybe try this or you can do this or yeah, you got this even when you feel like you don't have it, but it's, it's all you baby. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So that's it. That's what it's about. And 
I think also having women see other women um, working in tandem and in community. You know what I mean? Like I love when I see like you going live with someone else. I think it was during the holidays or something and you were doing like – Oh, financements where I was just going around oh, with like yes. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I am here for this. Like, you know, and gosh, it's the internet is a weird place, but I see myself as a student. Like I see yeah. myself as constantly learning from everyone else that's around me. Even, even my own students, I learn from them. And so yeah. I'm, I was watching you go live and I think it's really powerful to see women working with women and just, you know, people in general, but that we can support each other, that we can collaborate, that we can cheer each other on, that we can um, share information, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, and and get rid of some of the gatekeeping. And, and so I think that for women to see other women doing that with each other is really important as well. Cause I think so many people feel alone in their journey, yeah. like they're the only one and they don't have people in their immediate life maybe that are yeah. focused in this area in the same way. So they don't have people they can have conversations like this with. And so if you can't have that conversation with, you know, your friends in your neighborhood, it's not that you need to get rid of them. It's just you need to find out where you can have those conversations, which is like why I love your community. And and I love yeah. seeing like, you know, all your, I love yours. Like your questions and like, the, you know what I mean? Like all the fun stuff that that um, you've got going on is that you have to find that place because yeah. you can it's both and you can have the relationships with people in your life that are wherever they're at in their journey right now. And still have a place where you feel supported and can talk about money and can learn and be new. I just want more women to know that they're not alone and that there's places, pockets in the world where they can connect. And your people may not be in your city. Your people, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, are you still in Brooklyn? My husband's from Brooklyn. So I'm like, when I come come to New York, let me come and find you, right? Because the internet internet has made it so that we can connect with people all over. And I think that's really, really impactful too. I know. I, it's very true. And we have really great communities. So what what tip would you give someone who wants to actually build a community and make sure that they have just like a solid foundation of saying, this is what it should be like to have a community? I think that you want to make sure that you take the time up front to be really clear with yourself what your intention is. Yeah. And, and, and if you're really committed to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and what it would look like, what is your exit plan? Is there an, you know what I mean? Like you need to, yeah. you need to go into things, succession planning. That's one of the most amazing Ooh. things that I think I heard. I think Amber Aziza um, mentioned when I was at a, a training last year or the year before. And like, what is the succession plan? And are you really like, what are you in it for? Because yeah. To say you want to have a community means that you want to, in some way, be a leader. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you also want to be a student. You have to be able to embody both because your students are going to teach you or your community members are going to teach you. You are not like – the only thing that comes to mind is like God, right? Like you, are yeah. not, you are not the end-all, be-all in your yeah. community. Um, so you have to be willing to flex into leadership and flex out of it as well. And so, and allow other people to be empowered in your community to have a voice and share. And so again, what's the intention and what's your reasoning? Because it's a lot. It's like starting a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> do some family planning when you say you want to start a community because listen, you can't say, who knows what, you know? And, and, and are you in it for the long haul? Are you doing it because you want to make money? Which making money is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but- you have to understand, you know, again, the intention and your willingness to do this. Is this a short lived thing or is this something that you are in for the long haul? I used to work as a therapist and have a private practice. And I also was doing, you know, my online stuff. I got pregnant and I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do both. I don't think I'm gonna be able to continue to do both with a baby by my choosing because it's not the way I want to do it. And so I had to make the decision of like, okay, do well, if we're not going to do both, which one are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. um, and for me, it was choosing my community because I would, when I thought about it sustainably in the long run, if my life was about one thing professionally, if I stood for one thing 30 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, well, what would that be? I, the honest truth for me was that I would be doing this work. And- yeah. I went into a whole bunch of debt to get this degree. 
Yeah. <laughs> then I paid off a whole bunch of debt <laughs> on this degree. And so it was like really having to shed an identity around like, well, I'm certified in this. So this is what I have to do. No, like Ooh. I can let that go and move into a whole different identity and move into a whole different version of myself. Um, and, and, and give myself to my community yeah and and allow myself to become who i need to for this community so that may be a deep way of talking about like how do you start a community generally if you want to start a community okay start talking about your experience share your experience you know who is it that you resonate um but i think a lot of people are chasing vanity metrics sometimes oh um, yes and think about if we're talking about numbers cuz if that's a thing right mhm Think about the the capacity of of a space that can hold people. So when I think about numbers, if I even a community that's not online, let's say your community is even in person, mm-hmm. one person in your community, you could easily fit in a room together unless you're yeah. in a closet. <laughs> and then you think five people, ten people. Think about putting those people in a room. So when someone has a hundred followers or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't have a lot of followers, a hundred people have made the choice to see and be a part of whatever it is that you are doing. If you were to put a hundred people in, I wouldn't be able to fit a hundred people in my house. Yeah. If we were in person, we wouldn't be able to fit all those people in this place. So you have to think about your community, I think in that way and get away from the vanity metrics, because I think that shoots a lot of people in the foot. Like I, I can sit here and say, comparison is the thief of joy. And I've personally experienced it when I look at other people and I'm like, oh, well, look at that. And look what they're doing and this and that and blah, blah, and blah, blah. you know? And I'm like, nah, girl, like that's not, I do I actually want that? <laughs> you know, like yeah, do, I, yeah. do I actually want what it, I see? Or is this just this part of me that is coming up that I need to have conversation with? And so you need to make your community, like my thing is how can I go deeper with the people that I already have in my realm mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking like, well, I want to serve millions of people. Yes, I do, but I'm only ever going to serve millions of people because I served the one, three, five people that were in my circle of influence right here yes. first really well. So that's what I'll say. I will say I don't I don't think you're like, oh, I'm going deep, but I think it's perfect because on surface level, I think people just say, Yeah, you just need to do this, do this, do this, do this. But it's like, do you even like you said, do you want to do it? Right. When it comes to my community, I'm the first person to say I don't know everything. So I always say what I do not know, I outsource. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because I've had you in my community, <laughs> like, like, and y'all, when it comes to people and when it comes to black women, I pay them their rates. Let me just say that I pay them what they, they ask and I don't try to like barter it. It's what you want. It's, it's your, like, you're bringing me the information, but I always tell women like, I, what I don't know, I outsource. So I don't keep gatekeep. I know Jacinda is great at having these kind of conversations. So I want her to speak to my community of people. I step back as the leader, quote unquote, and I, and I put myself in a student perspective. I, every person who comes on, whether talking about mindset, taxes, investing, I become the student in my own community. And I sit back and I say, well, what am I learning right now? Right? Not, oh, let me try to interject and add my two cents in, but just being a student and being able to have that flexibility to say, okay, I can lead right now. And when I can't lead, understanding that I can find someone who can. Mm, mm. And I think that's what it's all about. It's not about those little, like you said, the vanity part may seem well, the saying like I have a thousand people in my community, 2000 people, but I'm like, the experience I feel with just five people telling me that they've made a change has me on a high for like days. <laughs> I don't even know if I can fully sustain if I had yeah. to hear that a hundred thousand times. You're 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 growing your capacity. And that's why, well, right. And I think that's why the the our growth is in correlation to what we can hold. You know yeah. what I mean? Like our growth is in correlation to us being able to expand to hold more. So yeah. when we're over here thinking like, oh, well, I, you know, my community only has X amount of people or whatever. Well, are you doing everything to the best of your ability in, yeah. with those people? You know what I mean? Do you have the capacity right now to take on double that or triple that yeah. right now? I have, I've had the issue of, of things growing very quickly and things getting real crazy real quick. <laughs> real quick. 
the growth was too fast. Okay. Yeah. So there's another side to it when we're looking at that. And I think Les Brown talks about um, bamboo. And when you plant bamboo, it's under the soil. You can't see it for a very long time. I think it's like five years, bro, that you have to keep on watering the bamboo. So for five years, you just water in dirt. You just water in dirt. I don't even know what it's doing. Under What's there. happening down there? Listen, and that and this is not how Les Brown tells the story. But <laughs> but once it breaks ground, it grows like ninety feet within six yeah. weeks. So That's there's crazy. also the there's also growing slow sometimes, or quote unquote, what seems like growing slow because the water is drawing back like a tsunami because the yeah. slingshot is being pulled back. But when that slingshot, when that tension gets released. When the water from the tsunami comes back, it's yeah. a wave, okay? A wave. And so that's also why you see certain people, let's say online or in life or whatever, it seems like this overnight success is typically 10 years in the making, 15 yeah. years in the making. You know what I mean? There's all this stuff that they were doing in the background that we're just now seeing them break yeah. ground and that yeah. they're being catapulted because of the watering of the soil for five years straight before yeah. it ever you know, came to the top, so- I love that you said it because I'm just like, I had this idea of, yeah, I want my community to be this many people. And I'm like, I'm at capacity already because it's like, I'm not just here like, oh yeah, we're going to do whatever it is. Like I really engulf myself in my community. I'm like, I don't think I can do this with another, even if I can't, I don't think I can add another 20 women. <laughs> like, I think I'll drown at that point. But understanding, like you said, cultivate with the people you have now. It, and and as you grow, you make the changes. And I'm starting to realize, okay, I need a little bit more help. Can't you can't do it all by yourself. Um, but not locking in on a number, but locking in on basically the value that you bring to your community is so important. I'm like, I can't. I know, I know, and I'm I'm honest with myself to say I can't do it with another 20 people. Like mm-hmm. I can't even add probably another five people. Like we are we are mm-hmm. at capacity (laughs) because I am at capacity and Mm -hmm. I want to remain my best self to the women that I'm serving because if I don't then what's the point of my community if I'm not remaining my best Mm. self so Mm. I need to it's not about my number anymore it's just about how can I be my most impactful and how can I make my biggest change to to the women that I'm currently serving and then as things grow like you said you you you'll learn to build up that capacity and things will expand but Girl, I'm like, I love y'all and it's a lot, but the the results I see being able to be consistent with the people that I have now is my high, is my Mm -hmm. celebration every single time. Not like you said, I'm just like, no, we're here alone for the ride. You're the one really, you're the one really doing the work. (laughs) Yeah. Constant quality, quality control, quality control all the time. Yes. So before we get out of here, because I've taken up your time, but this was such an amazing conversation. What is next for Jacint? What is next? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I really am focused on personally just being present in my relationships, taking really good mm-hmm. care of myself, my family, and my friends. And, you know, professionally with my community, streamlining and subtracting actually like making things simple you know and so my focus is to serve my students really well and focus heavily on my community and so I wrote a book but I'm like each thing that you come up with is its own business to some extent it is so at least I feel like so (laughs) having my my community is its own thing. It requires, mm-hmm. I'm doing the job of like 20 people, like 20 people. This is like, could be a whole organization. A whole team, yeah. <laughs> and so that is wor- enough work in and of itself. I wrote a book um, last year now, cause it's 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, and a book, a physical product, I had never been in physical products before, is its own thing. Okay, guys. <laughs> I took down the link. I said, don't order the book from me. Did you? Sending it to you. You can get it from Amazon or you can order yeah. it from the black bookstore. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I will send it to you closer to the holidays, but it's its own business. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, the book's written and now it's available and people can get access to it, yeah. which is great. But that's not the the thing that I want to spend the majority of my time, energy, and effort on. Um, I'm going all in on YouTube. Ooh, yeah. Yay! 
Um, so anyone who wants to find me there at Two Cents Gems, that's where I will be hanging out um, mostly. And then I am on Instagram. So YouTube, Instagram, my community, subtracting all the other noise and everything else to really streamline things so that I can you know, execute at my highest capacity and serve really well and teach. I'm really excited to teach on YouTube. I've had my podcast, which has been fun, but it's gonna be fun because I like yeah. to like draw on boards and like yeah. <laughs> I'm such a nerd that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to teach. So um that's what I'm really focusing on. And we'll see what other fun things come up, you know, that life has for me. But that's what I see right now. I love that. And I love that for you. And we need to get her to her thousand. You're like, what? Maybe like 30 something away. You're like mad close, girl. Like, I'm close. Well, yeah. And it'll happen when it happens. It's going to happen. You know, and I do the math. I'm like, if I only, if one person a day subscribes, like I know I have a family or friend or somebody who ain't subscribed yet. I'm like, <laughs> if I send one text message a day, right? That's how I break my goals down. Then in 365 days, I'll have 365 more subscribers, right? And so it's like, instead of thinking about how can I go viral, it's who, what relationships are, or who do I know that this will be really impactful for? If you want to start a community, you need to start right where you are with the people right in your sphere of influence. Mm. I do my best when I have the bandwidth on Instagram to send a DM to anyone who follows me within that day Mm. with a voice note. So I used to send a text. And then I started sending voice notes and people are like, oh my God, you're here. Wow. This is you. You're talking to me. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I'm a human on the other side of this, you know, device. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's really fun because that's an instant way to start building a relationship. And I'm Mm -hmm. not reaching out to them because I'm trying to sell something. Because really, I don't know if you need what I got in the first place. (laughs) I really want to know who's in my internet space like I treat my my internet space like my real estate like my house so if you come to my house I want to greet you I want to make sure you get what you need while you're here like what's your expectation maybe this is a referral or a resource or I'm just cheering you on if there's nothing else I got to offer you okay um and so I think when you're building community people are thinking big I think you need to think like what's right in front of you right now like what's right in front of you have you DM'd or have you talked to everyone in your community and had a yeah. real conversation? And it may take a rotation depending on how your community Oh, definitely goes. does. Because <laughs> um, you may not get to everybody all at once. I don't get to send welcome emails or welcome DMs to 100% of people. But yeah. as a way of building relationships with folks, that's what I do my best to do. And that's what's worked for me and helped me to know, like, who's here? Who- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's here? Because I also feel like I'm an empath and I'm like, the way to me, the way that people are thinking about you and whatever intention and energy they're, they're yeah. realizing when they're thinking about you is it can affect you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, who's here and what you, what you doing in my, in mm-hmm. my part? Yes. So I-, <laughs> I love that because I'm the same way. And I think people don't think I'm a real person. I'm like, yeah, I'm a real person because I usually do polls and I'll ask people like, oh, uh, did you save or did you not save? And all the people who usually say no, I send them a message and they're like, you're really in my inbox? Yes. <laughs> we're, we're family now, so I'm definitely in your inbox. Why have you not put any money aside? Because yeah, your stories say you have money because I've checked. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love it. But I want to thank you for showing up for just being just sent. Like, you are... I know you said, oh, and I, I'm socially awkward too. I know you're like, oh, I'm socially awkward. I'm diverted. I'm those same things. But you show up in such a way that we don't see it. And I know you have your thing in your hand. And I think that's another way of saying it's going to be okay. Um, we're, we're all not perfect. We all have our thing. But I want to thank you because I think this conversation, I know this conversation was needed. And I feel like our model today was, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So I want to end by saying thank you, but I also want to end by telling everyone out there that it's okay. So we're going to make things happen and they'll happen when they're going to happen and let it fall into place. Mm-hmm.